The second lesson, and also the basis for the sermon, from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, chapter 11, verses 11 to 22. So I ask, did they stumble in order to fall permanently? Absolutely not. Rather, by their trespass, salvation came to the Gentiles to make the Israelites jealous. Now, if their trespass meant riches for the world, and their failure meant riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fullness mean? I am speaking to you Gentiles, for as long as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I am going to speak highly of my ministry. Perhaps I may make my own people jealous and so save some of them. For if their rejection meant the reconciliation of the world, what does their acceptance mean other than the dead coming to life? If the part offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole batch. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them, and share in the rich sap from the root of the olive tree, do not boast that you are better than the branches. If you do boast, remember that you are not supporting the root, but the root is supporting you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I am grafted in. That is true, but remember that they were broken off because of unbelief, and you remain in place by faith. Do not be conceited but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you. So, take note of God's kindness and his severity. Severity on those who have fallen, but God's kindness on you, if you remain in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So the 12 verses that we heard earlier from Romans chapter 11 are among the most complicated and intricate verses in the whole Bible. It is very challenging to understand those verses fully. Take my word for it. I spent a long time two weeks ago trying to fully understand those 12 verses from Romans chapter 11, preparing to preach this sermon to you. I am afraid, though, that if we focus on all of the individual trees in those 12 verses, and it's not that the trees are unimportant, they're all important, but I'm afraid if we do that, we're going to miss the main point of what Paul is telling us. We are going to miss the forest, and not only that, you are going to miss your brunch as I continue speaking long into the afternoon. So, the main point, and I believe the most important thing for us Christians to take to heart from what Paul says in Romans chapter 11 is this. We Christians are branches who are connected to the tree, Jesus Christ. We draw life from Christ, our tree. So we branches need to do what branches do and branch out. Now, Specifically in those verses, Paul says, not just that we are branches connected to Christ, but he says we are wild olive branches. And the purpose of that illustration might get lost kind of easily on people who live in a place where there aren't just olive trees and olive cultivation going on all over the place. If we want to get the main point of what Paul is telling us here, we do need to examine that illustration of a wild olive branch a little more carefully. 
So in the Roman Empire, at the time Paul wrote this letter, olives were a huge business. Just about everybody cooked with olive oil. And if you cooked with anything other than olive oil, you were actually looked on as sort of semi-barbaric. A large portion of the population was rural, and a big chunk of that rural population worked cultivating olives. It was such a big business that there were laws in many parts of the empire against cutting down any olive tree for any reason ever. Now, needless to say, it's that big of a business, people needed to know what they were doing. And these Roman olive growers, they picked up a lot of tricks over the years. And one of the things they learned was how to graft in branches to get the most possible fruit out of their olive trees. So what they did was, when a natural branch that had been connected to a good olive tree, when that withered up and stopped producing fruit, they cut it off, throw it on the pile, probably of firewood. And then their goal was to graft in a new branch that would produce fruit. But when they did that, they went out to the wild olive trees. And they cut off a wild olive branch that was producing fruit that was nasty and toxic and inedible. But those wild olive branches were very hardy they were much likelier to survive the process of being grafted in, which was very traumatic for both the tree and the branch. So they'd bring a wild olive branch into their orchard to the good tree, peel back the bark where they had cut off the natural branch, and then graft that new wild olive branch in. And then that branch that had been producing nasty toxic fruit when it was connected to its original tree would actually start producing fruit that was good and pleasing and edible. But... Even after that wild olive branch was grafted in and started producing good fruit, the work was far from over. Because those wild olive branches were hardy, but they could die very easily if the gardener did not give them special care and special attention after they were grafted in. Because after all, they weren't naturally part of that tree. So in order to survive, in order to stay connected and keep producing fruit, the gardener had to show that new wild olive branch, special care and attention. So what the Holy Spirit is telling us in these verses is that you and I, we Gentile Christians, we are wild olive branches that were not connected naturally to the tree of life, our Savior Jesus. But the Holy Spirit has taken us off of our wild olive tree where we were producing nasty, ugly, inedible fruit, unpleasing to God. And he has grafted us into the tree of Jesus Christ by giving us faith in Jesus. Now, from Jesus, we draw our spiritual life. The forgiveness of sins, the promise of salvation. And not only that, but because we are connected to the good tree, Jesus Christ, we produce fruit, good works that are pleasing and acceptable to our Heavenly Father. But the warning in these verses is this. We need to remember that we are wild olive branches that have been grafted into Jesus. We were not naturally connected to him. And because we have been grafted in, we need special care, special attention from our gardener, the Holy Spirit, in order to keep us connected and keep us strong in our Savior and keep us bearing good fruit that is pleasing to our Heavenly Father. And if we don't receive that special care and attention from the Holy Spirit, the same thing will happen to us as happened to the natural branches. We will be cut off and used for firewood. Now, if that sounds a little scary, if that sounds threatening, that's good. 
It is. There is a threatening tone in these verses. If you don't feel a little bit threatened by that, you might not have been listening very carefully to what I was just saying. Paul is telling us in these verses, look, there were natural branches connected to the promise of Christ. And if those natural branches could wither up and die and get cut off, don't think the same thing can't happen to you. It can. You need the work of the Holy Spirit or you will end up yourself in the same place as the natural branches that you replaced. Now, God does not tell us this because he enjoys scaring us or because he hates us. God tells us these things for exactly the opposite reason. He warns us this way because he loves us. And the last thing he wants is for any of his beloved wild branches that have been grafted into Christ by the Holy Spirit to lose their life and be broken off. It is in love for us that God warns us, do not be conceited, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you. He also reminds us, you remain in place by faith. So if we do turn away the care of the Holy Spirit, we will lose our faith and God will not spare us any more than he spared his natural branches. Now I know that this is a theme, a warning that we hear over and over and over again in the season of Lent. I know we need to make use of God's word. We need to remember our baptisms and the grace that the Holy Spirit showed us there. We need to be at the altar to receive the Lord's Supper often so the Holy Spirit will work on our faith and keep us strong in our connection to Christ. There is a reason that this theme recurs so often in the season of Lent. Because it's important. And because God is serious about this. And spurning the work of the Holy Spirit is equivalent to spiritual suicide. And yet I wonder sometimes how carefully we listen to these warnings and how seriously we take them. Or if sometimes they don't just slide right past us. God is serious about this, and as those wild olive branches connected to Christ, we need to be too. God tells us if he did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you. So every time, as a Christian, I hear these kind of warnings, and I just kind of let them slip off my back, I'm like a branch that's starting to creak and crack away from the tree. So then why is it so hard for us to maintain this godly amount this God-pleasing fear that understands Christian faith can be lost. And at certain times in a person's life, Christian faith can actually be lost pretty easily and pretty fast. Why is it I want to think this could never happen to me? I could never be broken off from the tree of Christ. I believe St. Paul nails the problem very well when he uses the word arrogance or conceit. Maybe I am a Christian who somewhere inside figures that because I am an official member of a Christian congregation, there is no way this could ever happen to me. I could never be broken off from the tree of Christ. No matter how little care or attention I'm actually giving to the word of God as a member of that church. It is to that kind of Christian that God says, do not be conceited. A church directory is not to be confused with the book of life. Don't think that just because you are a member of a Christian congregation, you cannot lose your faith. 
Or maybe I am a Christian who somewhere inside thinks that because I was baptized as a little itty baby and I've been coming to church every week for 60 or 70 or 80 years, there is no way that God would ever cut me off from the tree of Christ, no matter how much seriousness I give to the Holy Spirit's work. It is to just that kind of Christian that God says, do not be conceited. Or maybe somewhere inside I think that because I give big with my time or my money or I sit on a committee or a church council or for goodness sakes, I'm a Sunday school teacher or a pastor, God wouldn't dare. He wouldn't dare cut away somebody as important and influential as myself. He needs me to work for him. He would never do that. It is to the pillars of his church that God says, do not be conceited. God doesn't need me to work for him any more than a shark needs more teeth. He's the tree, I'm the branch. He supplies me with life, not the other way around. And Paul says God is not going to spare anyone who goes so far in their spiritual arrogance that they turn away the tools of the Holy Spirit, the word and sacrament. What separates us from the pile of firewood is faith that the Holy Spirit works in us. Not our position in the church, not our volunteer hours, our seniority, or anything else. And yet, once again, God gives us these warnings to create a healthy amount of fear, caution in our heart that it is possible to lose faith, but God does not do this so that we will become full of fear and despair about losing our faith. God loves all of his branches and he wants nothing more than for all of his branches to be strongly connected to Christ, bearing all kinds of fruit that is pleasing to him. God loves his branches that are big and strong and vibrant and spreading. You know the type of Christian that their faith is just huge. God also loves his little branches that are weak and trembling, that are crackling with doubt. God wants to keep them all connected to Christ. And that is what Christ God's own son wants to. In order for us to be connected to him, Jesus spread out his arms on another tree and paid the ultimate price to take away our sins. When Jesus bowed his head and died on the cross, he was earning the forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life, which is the life that we draw from our tree, Jesus. You know, once these warnings from our Heavenly Father create that healthy amount of caution in our hearts, that's when we hear our Savior Jesus say this, no one can snatch you out of my hand. And in that promise, we attach firmly to our Savior, the forgiveness and salvation that he won for us. It is in a promise like that from Jesus that we stop trembling like branches in a tornado and we're strong. But it's also in the promise of the Holy Spirit. We remember that in love, the Holy Spirit grafted us wild branches into Christ in the first place. And God promises that when we do use his gospel in his word and in his sacraments, the Holy Spirit will be there every time without fail. And he will be working effectively and powerfully for us to grow bigger and stronger in Christ. And those promises of the triune God, we do grow in our connection to our Savior Jesus. We spread out strong in faith as the Holy Spirit tends to our souls and keeps us grafted in. Amen.